This is episode number 29 with Benny Chan, investor at SG Innovate. Welcome to the Masters of Cashflow podcast. My name is Andrew Senduk, a former banker turned tech entrepreneur. And in each episode, I interview the movers and shakers of the venture capital and investment space in Southeast Asia, with the only goal to help you discover how to raise more capital, build better companies, and to give you a better understanding of the people behind the biggest funds in the region. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now let's get started. All right, beautiful people, welcome to a, a new day. The sun is shining again. Uh, and today the sun is shining maybe a bit better uh, because I am, uh, I'm sitting across Benny uh, Cheng and uh, we've been connected through, uh, through Daniel as well. So uh, Daniel, if you're listening, a big shout out to you. Thank you so much. Benny has uh, been as, actually, you started with the big four, right? You were with uh, with KPMG for a while. Let's say your your first real job in the risk consulting department, which brings back many memories because I was at I was at Deloitte when I started my career as well, and uh, in advisory. So that's a uh, that's a good place to start. Uh, but you've been with SG Innovate also for a couple of years um, as an investor, and um, SG Innovate is a pretty pretty cool fund, an evergreen fund which focuses on deep tech. Uh, and I love and I love SG Innovate's uh, mission, which is to help entrepreneurial scientists build deep tech startups. Uh, Benny, a big welcome to you. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Andrew, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's it, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm just really excited to be on the show as well and to be sitting across from you. I know, I know this is over Zoom, but to be sitting across <laughs> from you in a sense on on this episode is is a, is a real pleasure. That's so awesome, man. Super excited to, to have you here. So to tell me more, uh, Benny, I, I know as you innovate uh, Evergreen, which means it just keeps on going, keeps on going, uh, but really focused on uh, on deep tech. So tell me more about, about the fund. Like, what are you guys doing now? What are you focusing on? And uh, how are every, how's everything going? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to, to share more. So as you innovate, as you already have out, kindly outlined to the audience, you know, we're focused on deep tech. Very broadly speaking, deep tech for us, um, and, and maybe this, this definition at, at its highest level isn't the most useful, but it's, you know, we're interested in cutting-edge technology built on research. Mm. So, of course, we, we've got to figure out ways to apply that in, in practice. Um, and for us, it is um, some of these technologies as applied in a couple of uh, industry verticals. Um, so that includes agri-food, um, mm. advanced manufacturing, and healthcare and biomedical sciences. So those are some of the, the industry verticals that we're interested in. And a lot of these um, industry verticals are also underpinned, or, or a lot of our focus um, in these industry verticals is also underpinned by our interest in sustainability. So how, how do we then invest in solutions that you know, help make our lives a lot easier, a lot better, a lot more sustainable in mm. some of the things that we do? So That's this broadly is, is what we're interested in. And uh, you know, as a fund, uh, I don't think we're just an investor, and, and that's the end of it all. Uh, we're a bit more than that. We're also an ecosystem builder. Um, yeah. And the way that we look at it is it, three-pronged, right? So you rightly touched about the investment um, portion, of which I'm a part of. Uh, yeah. I lead agri-food investment over at SG Innovate. But um, it's not just the, the provision of investment capital uh, that startups need. Um, they also need other aspects of the deep tech ecosystem to be built up, to be developed. Um, and we do that through two other, at least two other ways. Um, so one of the, th those two other ways is talent. Um, you know, we have a, a, a team that focuses on training um, talents, particularly in, in technical roles. Um, so that can be in areas such as AI, or robotics, or cybersecurity, um, and, and more recently areas around biotechnology. 
So those are, are things that, you know, if you're in the deep tech space, you will need the right talents to, to help build out the solutions, the products that you're looking at. Mm. Um, so that's one aspect that we focus on, the training and then the identification of the right talents to join these startups. So that's oh. one piece, the talent piece on top of investment. The other piece that we focus very much on is also um, public awareness as well as thought leadership in industry. So we have a community and brand team that is really strong um, at putting together events, uh, putting together thought leadership papers, giving you know, a platform for people in the deep tech ecosystem to, to stand up, shout out their message, to let people know what they're doing, all the exciting things, all the cool things that they're doing, um, and, and to get people excited about that message, to invest, to be invested in that, uh, you know, not just from a financial perspective, but emotionally as a consumer, as, as a user, as a partner. So all of these things go into that. And, and, and that's what we try and do across all of these functions, uh, all these uh, external facing functions that we have at SG Innovate. That's amazing. So it's much more, like you said, because uh, of course, every, uh, every investor will say like, okay, you know what? We're, not just, uh, we're just, not just money, right? We're like smart money or we bring much more to the, the table. But, but I love the, the I mean, these, these two topics are like uh, uh, amazingly important. I mean, talent, of course, everyone is looking for that talent. Um, but then what do you do as an investor to... To kind of like cultivate that, and I think the ecosystem one is, is really amazing. And and what what can you share more about this 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 deep tech angle specifically? Like, is there what is kind of like the reason that, that eventually the you know, SG Innovate said like, like you know what, we're not going to do the quote unquote uh, mainstream B two C ecom type of plays or or specifically fintech, but it's it's really a specific niche almost right where SG really wants to focus on. What is kind of like the the main uh, macro idea around that uh, investment strategy? Okay, that's actually an excellent question. It's, uh, it's one that we get a lot, um, and that maybe goes into a bit of a history uh, lesson. Because um, as SG Innovate, as a company, uh, we're only about five years old. In fact, our birthday is coming up next month. Oh. I think it's the 22nd or 23rd of November, so okay. that's our anniversary. Um, and you know, in this, these last five years, we've been focused on deep technology, right? And the reason for that um, really goes back to who our, our, our owners are, who our backers are, and uh, that really is the Singapore government. So it, earlier your question was, what is, SG, is, what is SG interested in, right? So we are not just SG Innovate, we are also an extension of um, Singgov um, in relation to venture capital investment. Yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned also you know, some of the things that we might not be so interested in, in, in e-com and B2C and all of that. Mm. But interestingly, the role that we have played in the past, because as a company, we've been around for actually 25 years. So SG, oh. SG Innovate for five, but we have been along, uh, around in other forms for the, the previous 20. Um, and in some of these, we spearheaded you know, develops, developments in Singapore around some of these areas. Um, there didn't used to be a, a startup ecosystem in the first place. We mm. helped to develop that along some of uh, the other partners in the ecosystem. Yep. There didn't used to be a focus, for example, on B2C, on e-com, on fintech, and all of these different areas. And we were you know, at, at the forefront of that development in our previous um, forms. Yep. Um, we helped develop that. And as the Singapore government, um, yeah, as the ecosystem as a whole, you know, looked ahead and, and found that you know, there are some really big challenges on the horizon, uh, challenges around climate change, challenges mm. around how we manage our food systems, challenges around how we make our, our you know, various items in, in, important in everyday life, your computer chips, you know, all these various parts. Mm. And we found that a lot of the possible solutions, the ones that would help with getting you know, some sort of revolutionary step forward, uh, those were in areas of deep tech. Those yeah. would be important, not just you know, um, globally, but specific to Singapore's case, 
important for our survival, for our growth and our prosperity. Wow. Um, so that's a, a large part why SG Innovate is, is so focused on deep technology uh, mm-hmm. because we want to help realize some of these innovations. Uh, a lot of people are doing very good work you know, in many different universities and many different research institutes. How can we then commercialize um, and bring to fruition some of these developments and make sure that you know, we, people as a whole can share in some of these interesting innovations, interesting developments that help make everybody's lives a lot easier, a lot better. Wow, I love that. It's a, it's a bit of a more than just a, we started this fund to make a high IRR, right? <laughs> like to only focus on ROI. It's a, so it's, but maybe that's also because, because the government is also like strongly linked to the fund, right? So there's a much bigger uh, impact kind of uh, reasoning behind the fund, uh, so to say. Is that, is that correct if I say it that way? Yeah, there's that, that an element of that, but don't get me wrong. You know, high IRR. Of course, high of course, ROI, of course. But that's but but that will, <laughs> but any but any fund any fund will, will definitely have to say that, right? Every fund has to yeah, say yeah, that. Exactly. And, and, exactly. and at the end of the day, uh, you know, uh, we're all fund managers in uh, in some some shape, way, or form. So that's that's really good. Hey, so um, so SG Innovate uh, is a strong contributor or creator actually almost of the of the tech ecosystem and specifically within the deep tech and agri and, and all those type of interesting niches um so let's talk more and more practical like uh your your the ticket sizes that you invest in and and when when do you usually come in like you come in like very early stage or is it mostly uh more mature companies that uh, sg is uh, is investing in okay yeah another great question i think and um i think this this answer to the question would be a, a bit layered uh, because although, although we are linked to Singgov and all of that, um, we do have a global investment mandate. And uh, the way that we look at it, I think it's as on, on, on different tiers, depending on, on where the, the company is from. Yeah. Um, we, we tend to look at it as, as investments uh, between C to around Series B. If it's a, it's a Singapore startup, we can go earlier than that, even at pre-seed. And in many occasions, when it's a Singapore startup, um, you know, we are prepared to back companies that, uh, don't necessarily have a product just yet. Mm. Um, and, and that's because of the nature of the game. This is deep technology. Some of it is, is still very much at the research phase. Yeah, exactly. Comparing it, for example, to you know, tech ready- readiness levels or TRL, um, we can come in a lot earlier than uh, what you know, some other investors might be willing to do. Mm. Uh, and uh, we are also able to do that because as an active investor, you know, we, we are prepared to also come in and help and provide you know, certain forms of assistance um, to the startups where it is required. Um, so we can come in and, and dig deep, join the management team, roll our sleeves up and get involved in that. So we're prepared to do some of that. Um, if it's an overseas company, on the other hand, given issues around them being, for example, in a different jurisdiction, in certain cases, a different time zone altogether, mm. being able to offer that kind of, of active support, you know, elbow to elbow right next to you that's not as easy if it's an overseas company so we we, we tend to focus on companies that are a bit later yeah um, if they're not in singapore and also we look at companies that offer something a bit different from what we see in singapore so if if we we find a company overseas that does something very very similar to what we have in singapore then there's really no reason to invest in of course yeah. like that so we want to, yeah. to see something unique see something interesting before we go in yeah. in relation to ticket sizes um I, I think in, in, uh, when it comes down to that, we, we can start as early as a couple of hundred thousands up to a couple of millions um, yeah. for the first ticket. And for us, um, it's not just that one, that first and, and, and one ticket that you write that, that matters to us. For us, we try and project outwards um, to see what sort of long-term relationship we can have, um, how we can follow on, whether the milestones make sense and allow us to follow on 
and, and, and future rounds. Yeah. So we're looking at that kind of uh, longer term relationship as a, opposed to it being a one and done. In a sense, this is, is, is how we look at some of the investments and, and where we feel comfortable coming in. Yeah, that's amazing. And you, you talk about, let's say, overseas. Overseas means anything outside of Singapore or are you really focused within the Southeast Asia ecosystem? Or can it really be a global yeah. investment? It, it's global. It's global. Okay. So we've done investments um, in many different countries. You know, you've got the, the usual suspects like the US and the UK, but we've also done um, investments um, outside of what you might consider or, or, you know, or the uninitiated might consider to be, you know, your global startup hotspot. So Estonia, for one, uh, most people wouldn't have known of that, mm. but it's, it's thriving with, with yeah. uh, great startups. So we invest in places like Estonia as well. Yeah. Israel, where agri-food is, is huge. There are other areas in, that Israel is strong for, and we're studying Israel as a market. But some of these other, uh, other markets also are interesting for us. But like yeah. I said, you know, whatever we, we see there, whatever we invest in there, has to be something unique, what we can't find in Singapore. And hopefully, um, we can set up this, this bridge uh, to allow these startups to then make use of the resources, the capabilities within the local ecosystem here in Singapore. Mm. And on the flip side, for the local ecosystem, Singapore ecosystem, to also benefit from some of these insights, some of these developments, so that we can produce other types of, of innovations as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's really amazing. And uh, okay, so, so ticket sizes varies, right? A couple hundred thousand up until, uh, you know, a couple million uh, perhaps and with follow-ons as well. And then from a more technical perspective, are these leads that usually SG is, is kind of like following or are you also like leading rounds or is it kind of dependent on uh, case to case? Well, so it, it really depends case to case. Um, although I would say that we are more likely to play a, a lead role if the company mm-hmm. was based here in Singapore. Yeah, I understand. So you know, if you're connected in the local ecosystem, you know the right folks to tap, you know, yeah. to, to turn to for partnerships and, and or to act as a potential customer. Mm. It, it's a lot easier if you are in the local ecosystem itself. Yeah, got it, got it, right? got it. So, yeah, that, that, that's how we look at it. Uh, we, we tend not to play the active role as a lead investor yeah. if it's a, it's a startup outside of Singapore. Yeah. And then how do you look at it from, let's say, a bit more macro, right? I mean, uh, um, I, I always love to make that comparison between, let's say, the, the global... Uh, VC investment space uh, versus the portion that the US is, let's say, representing in that global global uh, wallet, and then uh, what Southeast Asia or or Singapore. And I think I'm pretty interested in actually what your thoughts are about how the VC space, how the investment space within the Southeast Asia region is uh, is going to develop, and what they potentially could represent in the future wallet of the global VC investments? Like what are your thoughts about how VC investments is going to develop in the coming, let's say five to 10 years? VC development in Southeast Asia. Well, that's a, that's a really, really big question. Uh, I'll try and, and break it down a little bit. I, I think um, by and large, mo- most people would be, be aware and would agree that um, VC investment in Southeast Asia is still you know, fairly nascent, um, still not as mature as um, say places like the United States, um, you go out to the valley, um, the maturity of the people in the VC space in terms of the way they interact, they look at opportunities is a bit different from what we would see in, in Southeast Asia. So right now, it does seem that in Southeast Asia, a lot of uh, VCs tend to be, more, be a bit more comfortable around things that have proven markets, um, things that are, are, are clear to see you know, where the path to profitability is coming from, mm. where the path to exit is, is going to come from. Um, there, there are, though, I, I think a couple of areas which could be interesting from a Southeast Asian perspective and, and I'm, I mean, it might be 
biased here, but one of them is, is agri-food. I think the um, agri-food ecosystem in, in Southeast Asia is slightly different. Um, culturally, it's also slightly different in the sense of, of what we are used to, what we might be interested in, in having. Um, so you take plant-based foods for one. Plant-based foods, I think, in, in Southeast Asia or even the slightly wider Asian region and Northeast Asia and South Asia, a lot of people are, are used to the idea of plant-based food. So I think the idea then of, of selling this to the wider audience to say that you know, plant-based food um, is, is going to be a great alternative to meat or going to be a great alternative to a number of other different products, um, that's not going to be difficult to, to sell the, the, the audience. So I, I think in, in some respects, um, the take-up for, for things like plant-based foods, um, both from a consumer's perspective and an investor mm. perspective, mm -hmm. might be an easier one than the, the experience that it has had so far, um, or at least in the earlier years in, in, in the US and in Europe. So I, over there, it, it, it's finally booming. Right? Yeah, but you yeah. know, in, the, in the first couple of years, probably it was very difficult to convince anybody that this would be a, a great market. Mm. They might have a slightly easier ride, in, in a sense, um, in Southeast Asia or Asia as so a slightly wider region than just Southeast Asia. Um, the other aspect that I think would be interesting um, is also in, in healthcare. I think a, a number of, um, or to put it this way, I think data sets that you have around healthcare tend to be focused on, on Caucasian populations, right? Mm. Um, and we're starting to see that you know, improving for, for different uh, ethnic groups. So mm. among black people, among uh, yeah. Latin populations, you're going to see a bit more coverage. But Asian populations, that, that coverage is still so great. 23andMe, you take a, a test, unfortunately, it's, it still you know, has really big, um, a category that tries to cover a really big swath of populations. It's not as refined as you might have it for yeah. Caucasian populations and like. Um, so there, there is this huge opportunity then for figuring out what to do about you know, Asian uh, data sets um, and, and for figuring out then what to do once you've gotten the, the data sets about uh, propensity for disease, mm. potential um, areas for treatment. Are there any um, cultural or ethnic um, inclinations towards you know, one thing or other? And there, there is that, that huge potential for you know, addressing that, that gap in terms of our knowledge around this area. So I, I think top of mind, those are the two areas that could be interesting yeah. for yeah. investors to look at. And I think there is um, in, investor appetite as well to look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the level of uh, liquidity which is coming uh, outside of the region is, I think, also pretty um, significant, um, which also like backs up what you're saying, right? That people are really interested in the region, apart from what niche they should be investing in. And what do you think about, you know, as an investor, you see your, your colleague investors, you see your colleague VC funds, whether it's Evergreen's funds or smaller funds or let's say alternative protein funds. Uh, I, I had recently some uh, the, 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 the founders and, and partners of, uh, of Good Startup. I don't know if you know the guys, but they're also based in Singapore and yeah, yeah. pretty know, Josh, yeah. Yeah, so amazing, amazing guys. Um, and uh, what are you think? What are your thoughts about like these new funds coming up? Like you know, apart from the fact that we know, like okay, there's a lot of capital now coming into Southeast Asia. You know, uh, people are interested as an investment opportunity. What are your thoughts about let's say new VCs popping up? So maybe this could be like ex entrepreneurs or ex bankers or ex VCs, ex VCs that are starting new VCs. Like, do you see any trend there, or is it something that you expect to happen in the coming years uh, ahead of us? Yeah, so I, I see a, a bit of a trend here in terms of uh, the proliferation of, of uh, VC funds in Singapore, right? So mm. 
even when I first started out four or five years ago, um, we, we saw a lot of what we would call um, you know, people who, are, who have been in the ecosystem for some time, mm. right? Especially on the VC side of things. Um, we are now starting to see some of these VCs come out, start their own funds. We're starting to see some of the operators uh, as who are you know, ex-entrepreneurs who, who were first employees at some of these uh, startups say, okay, you know, I, I, I think I've got this. I'm, I'm going to uh, you know, form my own fund as well. Mm. I, I think all of this is, is, is great for the exchange of ideas. Mm. I think every, every fund, you know, given a slightly different thesis, they, they cover different aspects of, of the VC ecosystem of, of different opportunities. And it's great that we get the, the kind of a variety of, of thought Mm. Um, it really helps um, not just with VCs sharpening their, their, their take and their investment thesis around what makes sense, but also helps cover some of these niches on the startup side, which, which might not have been picked up if it's only the same few folks looking at some of these investments, right? Yeah. So some of these great ideas are finally getting picked up or getting picked up a little more often. There's a bit more competition around some of the niche areas, which I yeah, think yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I think some of these areas might have been underserved previously and, and it's great to see, you know, this, this take up. And agri-food is a great example. Again, I keep coming back to agri-food, but, you know, agri-food is a great example. Five years ago, um, you look at urban farms, nobody would have touched urban farms or very yeah. few people would have. Mm. And, and now you've, you've got this appetite to say that in, in, in certain circumstances, certain use cases around urban farms, the unique economics, all of that makes sense. People would be interested to, to go for that. Um, mm. So I, I think that has come about because on the investor side, a lot more people are educated around some of these opportunities. A lot more people have uh, developed different types of, of investment thesis around this topic. And it, there's this competition that helps refine that as well. Yeah. So I think it's all great. Um, and it's, it's, it's a natural progression as the ecosystem um, in the region picks up. Um, it also mirrors what's happened in, in the Valley and what's happened in other startup hotspots, right? So it, mm. it started out in a particular area and then you know other vcs came up and mushroomed around it, either adjacent areas or areas that were outside but all great man all great yeah. developments and, and and what do you think i mean just to just to bridge that right i mean so more vcs coming up and, and like you said i think that's definitely a trend that we'll that are, are seeing now or you know we'll be seeing more of is let's say x operators who are, who are launching funds which brings me always to an interesting topic, which is more on the differentiating factor of, uh, of funds, right? It's a differentiating factor of funds. What makes one fund better than the other? Then, of course, some funds will have a different investment thesis, which, which, which they could say, like, we only do agri-food agri or, you know, or alternative proteins or, or whatever it is. But when we look at, let's say, from a more macro perspective, like, wh what do you think about the differentiating factor between VC funds? Like, how can funds or how can new funds, how can new funds differentiate themselves from the pack, like from the rest of investors? What are your thoughts about that? Well, uh, probably difficult for me to, to answer on behalf of a, a, another fund, but I, I can share yeah, my experience. Yeah, just, just SG general. Right? Yeah. So how, how we are differentiated as Genevieve is the value that we bring um, to the startups that we invest in. So like I earlier mentioned, it's not just about the investment capital that we put, put forward, mm. uh, but it's really what the, 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 the three units, external facing units and SG and are able to bring to bear. Mm. So on the investment side, you know, we help with um, various factors, uh, various matters around product development, business development, partnerships, how can we open doors for people? Um, how can we figure out what um, uh, uh, some of the you know, regulatory pathways that they need to be looking at and yeah. who can we call in for assistance from consultants or advisors and the likes of that? Um, 
So and, and we also help figure out, you know, what are the, the, the right sort of parties to, to tap on for next round funding. So that, that's what we look at from the investment and investment side. And like I mentioned, you know, on, on talent, we, we try and identify the right sorts of talents, particularly if, if you know, it's, it's a technical role, it's, it's, it's something that's difficult for the startup to find on, on their own. That's where we um, usually do, do a lot better in. Uh, we look for these niche um, talents and these niche roles, and we, we try and help uh, fill that. And on the community side, you know, we give the, the, the startups the platform to, to really share their message because we, we host so many events at SGA. Yeah. Um, you know, pre-COVID-19, we used to do it at our office, great space, by the way. Um, a bit of a shameless plug, but great space for, for events. Um, <laughs> and uh, now it's all on Zoom, but it's, it's almost an event every single day. Um, wow. And it, it's a great um, way to, to introduce our startups, let them have a platform to, to join panel discussions or you know, that sort of thing to, to let people know what it is that they're doing in the spaces that they are in um, mm. and to get the message out. So yeah. I, I think all of these um, approaches that we take um, form a holistic um, uh, approach to, yeah. to allowing the startup them to benefit from our investment. Yeah. Um, so from an SG Innovate perspective, it's, it's really what you bring to the table. And, and um, you know, hopefully for us, that uh, startups see the value in, in the, the kind of help that we're able to provide and, and continue to choose us yeah, um, as part of uh, the investor group, that, I think that that is that is super crucial. What you said uh, that eventually the startups will choose you, will choose you, right? Meaning, like these startups, they have choice as well. Because you know, it reminds yeah. me sometimes of the of the days of fundraising and uh, where, let's say, uh, five six years ago, uh, where burning cash was kind of like the trend, especially within ecom. Um, it's a, it's a bit of different, uh, the, the, the tables are a bit turned now almost because back then there, there was not a lot of like, oh yeah, I, I choose you uh, as you innovate. No, it's like, oh yeah, please give me money. <laughs> like who can give me money now because I'm burning. But, but, I, but I love that. So it's more like, you know, we want to bring as much value as we can so that the founders will choose us. It's a very small exactly. distinction, small distinction, but I think it's it's very big. It's a big difference. It's a very big difference. Yeah. We, we, Benny, which brings me to an interesting topic, right? More on on deal flow, right? And all these interesting opportunities within the specific niches that SG Innovate is focusing on. Um, let's say we, we call uh, an agri food, for example. Where do you where do you how, no, how do you make sure how do you make sure that you have the best deal flow possible and that you sit across. Uh, the best entrepreneurs uh, who are, you know, uh, solving the biggest problems within that specific niche? Uh, you know, another great question. And before I answer you, maybe I'll, I'll just go back to the last one and, 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 and expound on that last point that you made before you bridge to this question, right? Yeah. Um, so I, in the investment and in fundraising process, um, it's always a two-way street, right? So the investor, you know, as investors, we get to choose the kinds of startups that we want to back, that we want to be invested in. Mm. On the flip side, um, as the VC ecosystem matures, um, I think startups, founders also have choices. They, they yeah. have to pick yeah. um, the, the VCs that they can work with that can bring them the, the greatest value. Um, and it, it's, it's great as a whole because I, it also forces the VCs to then think about what they bring to the table and, and sharpens their focus as to the, the, the kinds of value that they bring, right? So, so true. The, the, that was the preamble. Yeah, um, so true, so true. To answer, <laughs> yeah, to, to answer your, your question then about um, how it is that we get the best deal. So I, I, I think... Part of it is, of course, um, given the fact that um, you know we, we play a, a somewhat central role in, in the, the the Singapore ecosystem. I, I can't say, of course, that we are the central node, but yeah. we 
we know a lot of different people. A lot of people, different people know us. Yeah, we've been around for a while. Um, so in a sense, that that helps with people figuring out, hey, you know, SG Innovate is a, a great, uh, potentially a great, but uh, you know, they've got potentially great team they can speak to, and then you know that's how introductions are made. So that's one um, aspect to that. The other aspect, of course, is for us to then be proactive about what we do um, to find new so. Um, and uh, in a lot of ways, you know, we are active on the ground, going to events, going to um, festivals like Switch is coming up, FinTech Fest is coming up. Our guys will be on the ground uh, looking at you know, different opportunities that will be there. Uh, yeah. We'll evaluate them as they come. But outside of that, we are also active in the sense that we are tied in with you know, all sorts of research institutes, all sorts of universities. And maybe my next example is going to uh, be a shift away from agri-food, but it's something else that we've been excited about, and that's quantum computing. Um, so we were among the first, yeah, among the first investors in Singapore to look at quantum computing, and you know, with with uh, close links with a number of different research institutes that look at quantum computing, uh, CQT, for example, the Center for Quantum Technologies in Singapore, and uh, this example is of a company that we helped spin out of CQT. Um, we, you know, we, we knew the the founder, the CEO, the Joe Fitzsimons, and he's one of the the premier researchers in um, quantum technologies, right? Easily top fifteen, if not top ten, top twenty. Um, research in the space, and he had this great idea for how we could, you know, create a compiler for for um, you know quantum applications, but using classical languages. So you can, you don't have to work up a, a quantum framework um, to do that. Um, at the time, though, uh, it was just him and a couple of his his uh, team, and this idea there, there was not yet a company, there was not yet a product, um, and uh, you know, but for us, you know. We found this to be an interesting space. We were pretty sure that you know, uh, Joe and his team would be part of the the, the quantum story in the coming years. We decided you know we needed the backing, so part of it was that using all of that that work that we did um, in you know cultivating that relationship at places like CQT and others mm. um, to try and, and and take that knowledge about quantum technologies, spread that to the market, educate investors, educate the public. Um, and on the back end, then also work at building up this company. That's amazing. So we we worked at the company, I think, what three four years ago, um, and they are now looking at yet another round of funding. I think this is the third round of funding now that they're going to be doing after our initial investment all those years ago. Wow! And they are they're going to investors stateside and in Europe. So I, the company has gone places, and we're just happy to have played a part in helping to kickstart that process. Um, but you know, the long story short is, for us in looking for deal flow, we are actively engaged with all sorts of people within the ecosystem. And when I say ecosystem, I mean you know broadly, right? It's not just the Singapore ecosystem. We try and yeah. make friends overseas as well. Yeah. We try and identify the best sort of deal flow to know what's in the market, to know that if we pick an opportunity, in all likelihood, it is among the best, if not the best, in its class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's such a good reminder that um, you know everyone in the, not just VCs, not just investment funds. I think startups. It's it's all one chain, right? And yeah, you, you, without startups, it's difficult for VCs to run a business. Without VCs, it's it can be potentially challenging for startups as well. You know. So I think it's everyone is really trying to play their part within the ecosystem. And and then as long as you contribute, you know, you'll be on the radar. And when you're on the radar, you'll have the right uh, right deals. And and when we talk more practical, right? So for example, uh, I, uh, I'm i I'm in the, I don't know, uh, agri-food uh, business. Like how, how fast could SG innovate? 
help out? So in other words, let's say I pitched to you on day one, you guys are interested, like how fast, how would that process look like until uh, the money is wired? And we're talking about, let's say an early stage investment. Okay, so the, if, if I'm going to be very frank, it really depends uh, what we're looking at. Um, because for us, you know, we, we look at deep technology. So the company, the startup must have a very strong technology mode around it. It has to be defensible. Mm. It's got to be something that is difficult for, for competitors to try and copy. So a lot of what we then do uh, for, for this element is around the technical validation, uh, around making sure that, first of all, it works uh, or mm. it can work. Right, mm, assuming yeah, it's, yeah. it's still in the it's still yeah. in development, it can work, and uh, we need to also figure out what's the landscape and all of that. So sometimes things can move move a lot a lot faster if you know the startup in the first place has got its house in order, all the documents are, are ready. We don't always see that in an early stage startup, but you know sometimes we luck out and everything is there. So you've got um, you know documents around um, the development work. If they've you know applied for patent, some of that, that patent application work. Um, but in, in some cases, we might not always have that. So things move a lot slower. We would review what was initially given and say, hey, you know, I, I need to look at one other document or, or something like that. And that can drag it out. Mm. But on, you know, so it, it's, it's difficult to say. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to say. It really depends on, on, first of all, what kind of technology we're looking at and um, how easy it is to understand. I think some of the, the things that we've looked at are really, really far out. To find an expert in the space yeah. um, is difficult. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, I can't I can imagine because it's a reason I'm asking is more like, you know, what if there's a, you know, especially even from the branding perspective, it's really like, okay, we're deep tech, right? Which already makes you a bit different than the rest. And then when you talk about a lot of like, is data science driven? You talk about quantum technologies. It's not your average DD process, I assume that, uh, you know, that, that, that these startups go through. It's much more much more diligent and even maybe much more, much deeper when you go to patent, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, uh, uh, that's really interesting. As, so Benny, I, I, just looking, looking back a bit about, you know, where you, where you started your career, um, you know, with, with KPMG, with the big four, I think it's more about like risk consulting is always about mitigating risk, right? In, in what, in what, what way can you help us mitigate risk? And, and now as a fund manager, or, you know, you work, you work with a fund, um, there, there's always this distinction between risk taking and, and, and a certain reward, right? Uh, what are kind of like the, the, the big differences between, let's say your quote unquote old job at KPMG, where everything is about risk mitigation. Uh, and now you're kind of like, you're looking at the maximum risk that you can tolerate or that the fund can tolerate, which can bring the maximum return, right? How are you kind of, what's kind of like been, been the transition, you know, going from uh, KPMG into, into investing? Well, I, I think in many ways it's, it's fairly similar. So I, um, in, in terms of risk consulting, in terms of uh, investing in, in VC, I think some of these things are similar in the sense that we try and uncover the many different risks that a startup might face or an investment yeah. might face. Yeah. And uh, we try and figure out if these risks can be mitigated, can be eliminated, or it can be substituted in some way or shape or form, right? If it can be reduced to an acceptable level, then we can conduct business. It's the same mm. in, in risk consulting. Right? Yeah. So, and I, I used to do this for financial uh, institutions. So a lot of it was, can we, in evaluating the risk, can it be reduced? Can it be mitigated? Can, be, can it be eliminated so that we can carry on business with whoever it is that we want to do business with. Um, and if we can, then, you know, we can carry on. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we'd have to flag it and, and let it be known that some of the, these risks are, are too much, very similar in, in, in VC, right? So we, we look at an investment, we figure out, oh, there's this business risk, there's a technical risk, et cetera. And uh, 
we evaluate some risks, we, we say, okay, these are, are worth taking or these are acceptable risks. We'll mm. follow that. We'll go, mm. uh, let's just take it along. Others, you know, maybe we can't do, say, maybe the founder has um, certain issues that came up in reference checks. We, we can't go along with that. So things like that, red lines, we will say, okay, we, we can't do that. Those are risks that we cannot accept. So very similar, I think, from very, risk consulting. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And uh, I was just wondering, like, um, when, you, when you take about, when we talk about this, this deep tech uh, niche, right? Uh, the type of entrepreneurs that you that you onboard as, as portfolio investments uh, versus the quote unquote mainstream uh, uh, other type of uh, ecom or you know fintech type of entrepreneurs is there, is there is there a big difference? I mean, do you see any difference in let's say the the breed the breed of entrepreneurs that you know within the SE Innovate ecosystem that you're building those type of people because a lot of them are 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 very tech are scientists right a lot of them are scientists. Who are maybe yeah. not not per se like oh we're hardcore entrepreneurs we build from zero to one, uh, do you, but do you see like a, a lot of difference between that type of pedigree or or you think it's all kind of like the same type of hustle mentality, uh, just with a different backpack? Yeah, so I I, I think um, you're right on both counts. So in, in terms of the differences that we see, a lot of the guys that we work with are, are really solid. They've they've got you know impeccable resumes, impeccable pedigrees, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. from an academic perspective. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly, exactly. A whole bunch of them have PhDs. Their their professors are you know have done great work in, in research. Have written a number of papers. Have a great number of patents. So that's that's usually the, the the thing that marks them out. But in essence, I think whether it's it's a general tech company or a, a deep tech company, in, in what we look at from the founders, they've got to hustle, right? Yeah. There, there's no escaping that. Just because mm. they've got a PhD doesn't mean they can escape the hustling. Exactly. They've got to be able to, you know, they've, they've got to have tenacity, right? And, and having a, a startup, they're, they're bound to be um, points of, uh, in which you, you encounter failure. It can be small failures in terms of losing certain deals. It can be big failures in terms of, you know, having cash flow come dangerously low. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in all of those cases, whether it's a general tech company or a deep tech company, we just want the guys to be able to bite the bullet and say, this is the situation and this is what I'm going to do about it mm. and go get it done, mm. right? So for mm. us, I think some of these elements around that are going to be important and ever-present regardless of whether it's, it's a general tech company or a deep tech company. The final piece I think that doesn't come up very often when um, investors are asked you know, what kind of, of uh, founders you like to back is also integrity, right? It, it's, it's really, I think the temptation is there. I, I wouldn't say that founders do that, but the temptation is, is there to spin you know, one story and, and, you know, once the money is in to take you know, things in a different direction. Mm. Uh, again, like I said, it, it, it's not something that founders tend to do, but the temptation is there. And, and what yeah. we then look, look for and, and what I think many investors look for are founders with the integrity who are honest and who, you know, uh, approach things in a certain way. The only reasons why they would change is because circumstances have changed, this, which is why they've, they've, they've had to remodel, take things in a different way compared to what was initially discussed or initially promised. Mm. It shouldn't be the case that, you know, they, they promise investors one thing because that's what they, they, they think the investor likes to hear. Once the, the, the commitment is in, once the money is in, change to something else. Just, just yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in, in the Netherlands, we always say that a cat, a cat in, um, uh, how, do you, how do you translate that? A cat in a difficult position will make a, uh, really awkward jumps, right? And, and I think that is kind of like the, the bridge to, yeah, I think, you know, uh, quote unquote, back in the days, I mean, uh, this whole cash burning methodology of building 
was maybe a bit more common uh, than nowadays. But uh, yeah, that's why I think yeah, it's just always important. I mean, my the thing that I'm preaching nowadays, like even when I work with entrepreneurs, is just just build a build a profitable, sustainable business, right? <laughs> like that's that's like the core of of, of yep. what you should be doing, right? Um, so uh, two two final questions, uh, Benny. Uh, number one is this: um, you know, as an investor, what do you think that what are the characteristics that uh, would make a really strong a fund manager like what what how would a, how would a good good strong strong fund manager look like what what would you be doing or she well uh i think same things uh in certain ways similar to a founder right so you, you need to have um integrity that's that's first of all um again i think the integrity best uh, integrity point applies to, to investors as well and again um most investors have uh you know the required level of integrity i'm just saying that Again, the potential is there for them to promise you know, one thing in terms of the help they can provide and all of that. Yeah. And uh, after the investment is done to you know, take things in a different direction just because. Um, so that's one. Um, two, I think, is curiosity. I think in the space that we are in, in, in venture capital, things change. So you don't even have to be in deep tech. Um, you know, markets change, cultures, cultures change, preferences change, mm. consumers change. Mm. Um, so the, to figure out, you know, what people would actually pay for what is actually interesting to people. What are the innovations that people are going to embrace in, in the coming days, months, years? I, I think that requires a, a huge amount of curiosity um, to, to you know, keep going for. Um, I think the, the, the third point is empathy. Um, and, and that empathy is, is something that you know, people outside of the VC ecosystem may not as, necessarily associate with VCs or you know, people in, in finance in general. Um, but founders, uh, they, they walk a very lonely journey. They walk a really lonely journey. It's 24 seven. Yeah. It's no holds barred. It's, it's a tough thing that they, they have to do. Um, yeah. and, and for many founders, it's not just a job. It's not just a business. It's their life. Mm. Um, so that requires a, a level, a certain level of empathy, um, to be a good VC, to, to you know, walk that journey with them, um, to give to sometimes sit them down, have very tough discussions. But, you know, at the end of the day, what, what, regardless of the, the, the final decision, it, it has to come from a place of empathy to, to know that even if a tough decision had to be made, even if the business had to be terminated, for example, um, these were taken, you know, having taken into account what the founder also thought about it, what other people um, in relation to the company thought about it, the employees, other backers of the company and so on. Mm. Um, it's, it's very easy, I think, to sometimes just think about the investment that we made and can we recover it uh, or are we going to lose it all and all of that. But there are other people, there are other communities, there are also constituencies that we have to also be cognizant about and then to make sure that the end result is as fair as possible to mm. all. Mm. Um, so it, it's, it's another point that I think um, a good VC should have. Very good. Very good. Empathy. I'm a, I'm a big a big fan of empathy. I think both for entrepreneurs uh, and VCs as well, right? So um, very important. Uh, Benny, uh, final question. We uh, we fast forward far, far away into the future. Like so far that I'm not sure that Google will still be our search engine, but let's just assume it for this assumption. Uh, assume it for this scenario that I'm sketching here. So, um, I'm trying to uh, look you up, right? I'm trying to look you up on LinkedIn and um, I don't find anything on LinkedIn about Benny. Uh, I tried to look you up on the SG Innovate website or Instagram. I don't find any picture of Benny there, nothing. And I tried to Google your name. 
and there's actually nothing except for three bullet points. And these three bullet points represent what Benny wants to leave the world with, wants to be remembered by. And uh, what would these three life lessons be? Wow, three life lessons. Uh, it's going to be a difficult one, but I, I think if, if I, I could uh, maybe cheat a little bit and, and just get away with one, it's that he was a great <laughs> human being, right? Because um, for me, um, I, I think about how it is that I make the world a little better uh, for the people around me. Mm. Um, and, and I say this because I, I, I also have a, a very young daughter. She's coming up to two in January. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a cute age. <laughs> um, a handful, but a, a cute fella. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it's about thinking about, you know, what, what kind of, of world I, I'm leading for her. And if, if, you know, knock on wood, if I'm not around tomorrow, what would she hear about, about me from, from the people around me, right? Mm, or mm. from the people around her? What, mm. what sort of a man was her father? Mm. And, and that's um, something that I, I struggle with every single day. You know, what it is that, that um, you know, people are going to, to remember me by, was he mm. helpful? Was he kind? Mm. Um, did he do the right thing uh, when he needed to? Um, mm. Did he make the difficult decisions when he needed to? So those are the things that I think about. Mm. Um, on a daily basis and I, and I, I hope I do exercise um, that um, in my everyday life as well I'm, I'm bound to make mistakes but I, I hope in, in, on, on balance um, in summary people would have nice things to say to, to, about me to my daughter to say that he was a, he was a great guy fun to be with he was kind um, and uh, I, I do hope that everybody has a slightly different story to tell about me but you know hopefully it's all positive and it's, it's somebody that my daughter can be really proud of, man. Mm, I love that. That's really good, man. That's really good. Hey, uh, Benny, where, where, can, where can people find more info about SG Innovate or where can they find more info about you? Yep. They wanna, where, where will that be? Okay. Um, SG Innovate, we have a great website, a um, whole bunch of different resources about the different things that we are able to do for um, startups in the, the, the deep tech ecosystem. So check us out on our webpage. Um, mm. I, I hope I don't get this wrong, but uh, www.sginnovate.com. Uh, That's correct. If you're looking for me, um, contrary to what um, Andrew has said, I am on LinkedIn. Um, just kidding, though, Andrew. <laughs> um, so look me up on, on, on um, LinkedIn, and uh, you, you can find me there. Open always the connection to a chat. Um, you know, I, I'm curious about what other people are up to. Um, so let me know what you're doing and how I can be of help. You know, if I can be of help, if somebody I know can be of, of service, if... You know, SG Navit can be relevant in some way, shape, or form. You know, happy for us to figure that out along the way. Awesome, man. I'll put, uh, I'll put all, the, all the links in the show notes as well. <clears throat> if you're listening right now, you're an entrepreneur within the deep tech space specifically, or maybe you're a scientist, you're an academic wizard uh, who uh, wants to, like, or has an entrepreneurial itch as well, reach out to, to Benny and the team, sgnfa.com. Um, the right people that can help you forward within this space. Benny, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate the session today. And I hope to see you in real life soon, man. Likewise, man. So thank you so much, Andrew, for, for oh. having me on the program today. All right, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Masters of Cashflow podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share this with a friend that you think would be inspired. And I'd really appreciate if you can leave a rating and review on Apple and let me know what your biggest takeaway is of this episode. I want to leave you with this final thought. My mentor once told me, rejection is the first thing you learn in entrepreneurship. And I truly believe that how you handle rejections will determine how high you will go. 
Thank you so much for spending time with me today. And I hope to see you in the next episode.